0: Ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good, here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 73, brought to you by North Central Indiana's Rock 98.5. If this is your first time listening, over the next hour or so, you can look forward to a weekly musical challenge and a full-length album review. This week, we take a look at album cover art. In the digital age, it's arguable that album art's not that important. After all, we rarely tour rows and rows of vinyl albums looking for that white whale to emerge and splash us with inspiration. However, I believe that album art is important. It can help tell a story and advance the artist's vision. It's aesthetically pleasing and it can provoke strong emotions, exactly what the musical experience is supposed to do. So in that vein, we look at album artwork and the music within. When we finish with that nonsense, We're going to review the latest Deftones record, Ohms. I'm your host, Foggy. And with me, as always, T-Bags.
1: Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes, only to land with a
2: gentle splat. That's
1: nasty.
2: Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's, it's
0: T-Bags. Too hot for TV.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys?
0: Very well. And not to be outdone, it's the educator with the best theme song in the land, Mr. Joe Rife. He's
2: a man. Holy cow! I'm really carry fan. He a W flag upside down. Take that. That's good. How are you guys doing? It's good to be with you. Good to see you again, man. <laughs> well, it's good to be here. It will be something when we have a
0: full crew. Yes, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It really has been. Um, I can't think of the last time we actually had all of us on.
1: I know. Schedules, man.
0: It's tough. Yeah. If we could just get a bunch of patrons who would just pay us a lot of money, then we wouldn't have to have <laughs> day jobs. So if you're out there and you're rich, and you want five guys not to have to work? So this mine. <laughs>
2: Besides this, yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: we work really hard at this. If we didn't have jobs. Oh yeah. Yes, the show would
2: actually be good. It is good. Come on. Just, right. just you got to pay to find out, though. You have to trust us on this one. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a scam. <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you give us a thousand dollars, we will send you a T-shirt a What'd very cool t-shirt yes and an ashtray even if you don't smoke <laughs> that we made that we made in our class in second grade back in the day <laughs> hey,
1: i don't know if you remember but one of these songs on the death turn album has the word ashtray in it
2: it does i haven't heard that forever <laughs> yeah yeah kids you don't, don't know what an ashtray is
0: <laughs> no they really don't <laughs> and the fact that we could make one of those little pinch pot things like back in elementary school and make it into an ashtray is hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, or I mean, you uh, could go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say in in 7th grade in uh wood shop, I made a light beer from Miller beer can lamp. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody
2: said anything or cared. Cash. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking my of the days <laughs> I was thinking of the days when uh, you could go to Wendy's or Arby's and get a foil ashtray out of the little <laughs> condiment stand mm-hmm. next to the ketchup, uh, yeah. you know? Had their logo stamped in it. hmm Yep. Yeah.
1: Damn, what would you make today? Just like a vape holder
0: or something? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a yeah. bong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They still try to, to sneak that into ceramics glass. Uh, that's like
1: this. That's as, that's as old as like <laughs> bongs, I guess. Anytime yeah. any, since the beginning of bongs, mm-hmm. I remember that was a rule in ceramics class when I took it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it still is. So. Yeah, yeah. That
2: that and TikTok. It's all TikTok these days.
0: Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Why are we doing this long form podcast? We should we, dance for 30 seconds. Yeah, and we sound really old right now, too. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it.
0: Next week we're doing a mukbang. I'm telling you, we're all going to eat 20 pounds of lobster, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to just drip butter Whoa. everywhere. It's going to be amazing. Oh, lobster sounds good 20 pounds of lobster i can do it i think our favorite thing in this house is when we see each other we say hello if you watch this video of this lady eating a massive lobster with this bowl of butter sauce she eats the whole thing that's how oh. she starts all of her videos it is hilarious oh, wow. yeah, okay. disgusting at the same time
2: yeah i bet I know. you know in early new england they thought lobster was crap you know, and nobody would eat it. It was kind of like eating trash out of the ocean. <laughs> now it's somehow uh-huh. become this delicacy. Yeah. I was just reading about that recently. So
0: yeah, they were like ocean crickets or something, you know, they were yeah. bugs.
2: Ah, uh, that's weird. Yeah, that but with weird. enough butter, anything's a delicacy, I suppose. So that's sure. <laughs>
0: I can't believe I said something today I never thought I would say, but we uh they had these Johnsonville brats, you know, they were beer brats with cheese. I looked at Clay and I said, you know, these are overly cheesy. But <laughs> I would say that. Really? Jeez, okay. Cheese was goozing everywhere. It was weird. <laughs> Processed cheese. Mm. All right. Enough about our yammering on. You guys ready to get
2: down to a weekly challenge? Yeah, have we done the intro? Yep. Oh, we started, haven't we? We're <laughs> We're, we're in to win it <laughs> now. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh operators are still standing by to take your your patron money. So Yep. <laughs> Remember,
0: one thousand dollars get you a t shirt. Actually, a hundred bucks, I'll get you a t shirt. Yep. There I said it. All right, teabags are up.
1: Okay, so the challenge this week was uh I was listening to Bob and Tom on the way to work and something was mentioned about cover art not matching how good the songs were and I thought well, that's an interesting challenge. So I sent the challenge to you guys to either pick an album that has a really bad cover but's full of good songs or something that has a really cool cover, but it's full of bad songs. That's I it. I like it. No, yeah. it was
0: fun. It was and, harder, I thought. <clears throat> it wasn't for me because I thought of something instantly. But I thought in the vein of, of all this, when we get done, because we just done the Rolling Stone top 500 list, uh-huh. that, um, just for kicks, I'll see if you guys can name, so don't start searching right now, the top 10 album art covers for Rolling Stone. See okay. if you can figure that out. So,
1: 10? okay.
0: Um, but anyway, Joe, do you want to start off with twenty years? I, I cheated. I Tonyized this. So. I only did one. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Great.
2: I I've got two. What What do you guys have? And i I have two. You have you have both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to do bad album good cover art first, or do you want to do?
0: Um, I did. Um, see, I cheated. I did two beautiful cover arts in the same. <clears throat> featuring produce. One good, one bad. Oh. Okay. Why don't you guys start with uh, <laughs> so bad really cover did, art?
2: You really did tony <laughs> <laughs> <I did. Yeah. laughs> kind of. Yeah. It fits okay. though. All right, all right. Mm. I, I I got a I got a produce one off the top of my head, so okay. I'll let you go first. Um okay. my bad um album, good cover art. Uh I guess it's more our iconic cover art, but I went with um never mind the bullocks, here's the sex pistols. Uh, because their album art was like i said iconic and and copied and it Mm -hmm. um was was you know referenced and Mm -hmm. for years but i just didn't care for the album and i don't care for the sex pistols all that much there's a lot of punk out there it's kind of of i don't care for the album so but i like the cover art and i recognize it's it's uh value artistically so that was my first pick that's a great choice you're right that is a
0: great cover Didn't Mundy last week say the same thing about the Sex Pistols? Oh, I don't know. I haven't. Or it was two weeks ago, and Mundy said he understands their place, but he does not like the Sex Pistols because he thinks you ought to be able to play your instrument. I think that was what – I think it was him. It was him or Paul, but it was interesting that you say that too. You didn't like that album when they're sort of revered as punk gods, you know. For me, That
1: was uh for me as a skater, especially that was like a rite of passage to have that. Mm-hmm. Not only have like that cover art on the okay. sticker on the bottom of your board, but I liked it. I think just because it was, it seemed like it bucked the system and anarchy at thirteen seems like a cool idea. <laughs> so, yeah, but I don't know. I've never really gone back and really listened to it in terms of <laughs> is it musically worthy of being called a good album? Yeah, but In my love, mind, I don't it know. Is, yeah. yeah, right but that's a great choice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, What do you have, Stevie? Joe, you want to turn off your microphone or your headphones
2: for a minute? I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Say the word. Say the produce. It's an avocado. Yes, it it is. (laughs) It is a beautiful cover.
0: I mean, it's (laughs) so artistically done. It's uh, an avocado cut in half, and um, I just – it's Pearl Jam. Uh And when Worldwide Suicide came in, I was like, you know, I can kind of get into this. And then I just never felt the album. And I don't think I felt another Pearl Jam album again until we had um, Joe on his first episode on here. And I went back and listened to some things afterwards and they kind of grew on me a little more after Joe talked about some things. But for me, that was a real letdown. I was so jazzed for that album. And then um, I just feel like it didn't land for me. I don't know. There weren't any songs on there that I'm just like, that's the one. You know?
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I won't jump in too much, Joe, but uh, I would agree with that. There are some gems. Look, you always know you're going to get some kind of an apology or some kind of a... um, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just saying it it took a while. I think that was their first one they did independently of all the Mm -hmm. record labels, and they did it on their own, and I think a lot of fans are kind of thrown, but it's it's. If you get into some of the forums and get into some of the fan stuff, it's an appreciated album, but it's taken years to. I think Eddie was changed his vocal style. He's kind of going back to a little bit more of a growl. Um, there's some tunes on the end. One of the one of my favorite guitar solos, uh, "Come Back," is on that album. But um, yeah, it's I get it. And you know what well, the confusing thing was? It's self-titled, but people call it the Avocado Album. Um, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, I don't know if that's. A nickname yeah. you want, but so probably
0: because there's nothing else to grab onto, but you know, it, <laughs> it follows the rule of thirds, it looks aesthetically yeah. very oh, yeah. pleasing. It's a very it's cool avocado, it's cover. a healthy
2: fat, it's good yeah. for you, yeah, yeah.
0: it's good for you, but I don't necessarily want to eat it every day, <laughs> kind of like you know, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, good, all well, right, those are our bads now. It's all up from there, right? Yeah, you want me to leave
1: this in, then you guys can wrap it up with your. Go for it. Because this is, this is the bad album cover art with good album. So, mine was um, the Metallica Black album. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they were trying to be different, you know, and had, like, black on black, shiny and matte. Uh, but it was, one, they had done some cool album covers, and they were working with Pusshead back in the day, which was a big uh, artist among the underground people. But also... As a graphic designer, looking at it later on, just the placement of everything and just like, kind of like a cheesy clip art little, like the, you know, tread on me snake, the mm-hmm. green, thing. And then the way they shove Metallic in the corner, like too close to the edge, there's just, there's just some rules of design that felt wrong and it still feels wrong today. So, but then listening to that album, that's, that's one of my probably top three Metallic albums. I think mm-hmm. it hits hard and it's great all the way through. So. That was my choice.
0: Nice. I agree. That was good. And, you know, interestingly enough, I think we'll find that the Beatles White album is probably going to be a top 10 visually pleasing <laughs> yeah. record. We'll see. Yes. But you just have to slap Beatles on something, and it's instant gold, regardless. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what was your second? Okay.
2: You had one in this category as well? Yes. Okay. I guess it's my turn, isn't it? Sorry, mm-hmm. I was off on. Yeah, Lol. that's right. Um, my bad cover art great album was Led Zeppelin three. Um, and it could be a progression because the Led Zeppelin one, uh, their debut album had a killer, no pun intended, killer cover art. And then Led Zeppelin two was pretty decent as well. And then Led Zeppelin three looked like um a trapper keeper cover or something <laughs> yeah you just aged yourself again. <laughs> oh, I did it again i can't help it um yeah that was our tiktok um <laughs> but man what a great album lots of good heavy blues kicks off with the immigrant song mm-hmm. and a very forgettable cover yeah that's a really good choice yeah <laughs> And just a bunch of stickers just a bunch and this bubbly letter and it's like oh what what have we done here and then they, they get back to it i mean mm-hmm. i don't know the Led up on forge cover makes any sense but it's iconic and it's cool and uh they had i don't know that they whiffed on any of the rest of their covers but three didn't make any sense
0: so yeah i liked especially in the old days that they would get with artists and you mm-hmm. know I, I obviously rush has the same guy for everything i mean. All the way through, um, so theirs are kind of cohesive that way, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, and it, and I don't want to say that today's musicians don't care about their album covers because I think a lot do, but it just feels like in the past they felt a little more. I don't know, like it wasn't more important, and it, and mm-hmm. I think it helped with sales mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, because people actually went and shopped, and then you've got this you know 33 rpm records sitting there and it's really big and it's a huge piece of art nobody shops like that anymore this next generation does and i shouldn't you know i should say that the kids they don't shop that way they don't see that in front of them it's just mm-hmm. you know we're on our itunes account or we're on spotify or whatever it is and, that, and we're downloading singles we're not even downloading albums probably for the most part
1: yeah that's true and it's really weird i mean to go back to graphic design for a minute like Back in the day, that was my, one of my most favorite things to do, was to do CD covers, and that still was pretty shrunk mm-hmm. down from vinyl, But
0: yeah.
1: or do a big long roll fold for a cassette, you know, um, mm-hmm. and have some real estate to work with, and then as I still continue to do some stuff for different bands, just thinking, like when you get something from a record label that says, we need this, this, and this, and it's all iTunes dimensions and Spotify thumbnails, and... Mm-hmm. It just, it, it, it's just, it's real hard to work within that parameters really, to be honest with you. Um, and there's still a little bit of a blend right now because people are buying some vinyl and mm-hmm. <laughs> shockingly, there's still CDs out there being produced. But to translate it down to that, it's like, eh, kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. And who's yeah. buying those vinyls? Probably people our age. Us.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah. If you remember when CDs got big, they had those big cardboard packages. Mm -hmm. So they still had a little bit more real estate. It was just in a different form. You Mm -hmm. know, it was longer, it was elongated, and it was skinny. Um, Yeah. But until they decided
2: that wasn't very environmentally friendly, um, you know. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, you know, the old story you'd always get your album, you'd sit and look at the cover art, you'd unfold Mm -hmm. it, the lyrics were there. It was a total experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I always liked it when you got a CD and there was more than just a bifold, you know, there was, there was something that folded. Maybe there was a poster, maybe there was full lyrics, Mm -hmm. maybe there are pictures of the band. Cause you know, again, pre-internet, you didn't have a constant stream of information. You didn't get to see all these behind the scenes shots. You didn't get to see, um, you know, maybe handwritten lyrics sketches things that because mm-hmm. a lot of artists uh, play music and you know do art themselves so maybe there's a little art piece in there that you could find that kind of yeah. uh, gave us our own little listening experience because uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's strange how things have changed into the streaming and actually now you know there's now that I think about it if you do play a streaming album on Spotify they put these little mini um Loops in, or these little music videos that play sometimes on your phone yeah. while you're listening. So, I mean, the art piece is still alive. I think artists still want to put it out there. It's just that the packaging has changed. So, yeah, yeah, it's just no, weird. I agree. Yeah,
1: I remember. Also, the CDs had to have their own art. I'm talking physically on the CD because after a while, all your cases got put on a shelf so you could show how many mm-hmm. CDs you had. But the CDs got stuck in your visor, yeah. <laughs> so it had, it had to have its own, a little yeah so stevie did you have your last choice or i did yet. We uh,
0: i went with another produce and i went with a beautiful album cover beautiful record and i went with velvet underground and nico with the banana yeah. yes and uh you know andy warhol obviously with the artwork mm-hmm. and he also helped helped putting up the uh thing mm-hmm. quotation marks there to produce it he really paid for all of it he didn't really have a lot of say in the music and everything but That's Mm -hmm. one record that just was loaded with great songs. I'm Waiting for My Man and Heroin, Sunday Morning, uh, Venus and Furs, uh, Femme Fatale. It was just like a powerhouse record that I don't think was really appreciated at the time, but since then has become more appreciated. And, um, Mm And that cover is so iconic. And I was doing some research, and somebody found an ashtray. With the banana <laughs> image in it, which is where Warhol got it, which was really cool just to find the inspiration for Andy Warhol's work there. And then I, it, what's also cool is without having a physical product, you can't do little tactile things. And so uh-huh. the original piece of art that came on there, where there was a peel. You peeled the banana back and there was like mm-hmm. this pinkish looking mm-hmm. naked banana uh, uh-huh. that you peeled back to see on the cover, which was really kind of a cool thing back then
1: yeah man i don't know how we're talking about ash trees so much
2: tonight <laughs>
1: <laughs> it keeps coming up it's true. just the yeah.
2: theme no. uh, how many how many bands and how many different genres uh cite the velvet underground as influential i mean they've mm-hmm. they've went across good space course. and time you know lou reed um and, and, yeah for sure um <clears> wow good and warhol um Just a side note about him. It's not any surprise that he had that ashtray because he was a like a massive collector. I think they'd probably call him a hoarder now. Mm -hmm. And if you go to his museum, they have like, um, you know, museums always have stuff that's behind the scenes, warehouses full of things that aren't on display. And he just has all these boxes of things. Some of them they've sealed up and they haven't even opened. So he probably has. And it's just stuff he bought at flea markets, little tchotchkes, little junk of course he was all about the everyday kind of common man pulling the art out of that so who knows who knows about andy
1: <laughs> i don't know but i just looked up that peel off sticker to to reveal the pink banana that's i didn't know that actually until now it's cool
0: yeah we loved that in college that was i didn't know who velvet underground was in high school it was in college before we ever figured that out and then mm-hmm. I instantly became in love and then that you you then go down that rabbit hole of Lou Reed and get into all his mm-hmm. stuff and very cool little trip.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So, okay. So do you guys want to know what the, um, according to Rolling Stone, what the top 10 album, uh, arts are? Yes. Okay. You guys ready? Number yep. 10, Velvet Underground or Nico. Uh-huh, check. Uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company, Cheap Thrills. Yeah, it looks like a big piece of comic art. Okay. Okay. Uh, Grateful Dead.
2: Which one? Samox, uh, I don't know
0: how you uh, say yeah. it? Mm-hmm. I'm not a Grateful mm-hmm. Dead fan, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blind Faith. to uh, Blind Faith. <laughs> the Naked Chick, right? Is weird cover. Yeah. Eagles <laughs> Hotel California. All right. Um, Rolling Stones Exile on Main Street. That's a fun okay. cover. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Stones Sticky Fingers. Hmm. Yeah. the beatles white album okay oh never mind uh yeah. sex pistols never mind the bollocks there we got that okay. one and uh the beatles
2: sergeant, sergeant peppers. peppers yeah, yeah okay. that's their top 10 was sticky fingers an interactive album cover too like the velvet underground or was that <laughs> i hope not <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh or is it some girls some girls you could uh, move the dial or something maybe and i don't cut that out we not put that in the podcast. I don't care. Fact check on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So yeah. if here, here's just a quick question. We're going to wrap this section up. If you were going to add an album cover to that top ten, which one would you add on the spot, right here? Teabags go. Uh,
2: Nine Snails, Fragile. I'll say your other one, Dark Side of the Moon. Yes,
0: there you go. Yeah, that's true. And I would, I'd throw a Downward Spiral in there too. Very cool. Yeah,
1: there's a really cool. I may have said it to you, Steve. There's a really cool interview with the guy who did the downward spiral art, they asked him what doing, I may have talked about this before, but doing 1,200 original pieces because they were selling the down. they were selling hesitation marks with a booklet of art and you could get an original one in there. So they like rented out like an airplane hanger and gave the guy like all the time and paints, but he had to do 1,200 different works to put into these books. So, uh, it's pretty interesting, but the, they, it's called uh, I'll, I'll send it to you, but it's um, it's really interesting to watch. It's only like 10 or 15 minute documentary on it.
0: Yeah. Sorry, yeah, i, I think, uh, Just for fun, I think I would throw Boston Boston in there as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: i always try to yeah. throw them in, because they get no love at all. It's really sad. They're really yeah. influential, they're big time. No love. Alright, that was a great challenge. And challenge. next Thank week... You. The challenge is going to be delivered by Mr. Joe Rife, So get Beautiful. yourself ready, Mr. Reif. Okay. You'll be delivering the challenge. Okay. Hot and fresh. Hot and fresh. All right. All right. So that brings us to album review. And this week we are doing Deftones. I think it's pronounced Ohm. Am I correct? That's correct. I think so. Yeah. I'm not an electrician, but yeah. yeah well, after that famous fella. Hopefully he said his own name is Ohm, because that's where we're saying it for the rest of the night. That came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, We had originally talked, we're going to do it last week, and then we had some things come up. We weren't able to do that, so we're going to jump in this week and handle it. So um, to begin, I think it's kind of interesting because this is one of those groups came out at the height of a lot of the new metal and um they've kind of continued on kind of broken the new metal mold and yet they still somehow sound about the same it's like they've stuck yeah. to that formula and have not veered from that very much would you guys agree with that
1: oh yeah that's a good assessment i think and i think that's uh a double-edged sword sometimes
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. Think it can be too and a southern california band that have they've influenced a lot of other Southern California bands and a lot of bands who want to sound like they're from Southern California. So definitely trendsetters. And yet when you talk
0: about sounding like it's just, when I was going through the record, I've listened quite a few times. There are just times that you're just like, that's tool. Boy, that's got a corn feel. Uh Boy, that kind of has an Our lady piece thing going on there. And, um, Mm -hmm. and yet it's still the same band going through the same. Same music they they have been so I don't want to say they're copycat because they're clearly not but they've definitely been influenced. Yeah,
1: Mm. yeah. It's speaking of Tool, you guys know this, but that song "Passenger" with him Mm -hmm. and Maynard. Yes. That I've liked Deftones. Never been like the huge fan, but I wasn't hating on them either. I liked them, but when that came out, that changed for me a little bit my expectations for them because Chino. Mm -hmm sounded so great on that you know and yeah. the whole song was like crafted pretty well so um that'll come into play when we talk about this album
0: yeah it's interesting too because Maynard at the time was just supposed to stop by and kind of help out he wasn't even planned to be singing then and then uh <laughs> I think one of the cool things is Chino was like oh my gosh we sound like tool <laughs> you know after he started singing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like one of those moments you know it was kind of all moment which yeah, is yeah right cool. I am by no means an expert on Deftone, so Me neither. Um, I do like them and I've listened to every record they've got through the years, so I do have a basis for them, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely not like well versed on on them. So if you guys have any other background knowledge that would help with this record, this would be a good time to spit that out.
1: I know. I mean, I don't, like I said, I've liked them for years, but I've never. it's just never been anything I dug into to find out backstories. And- mm-hmm things like
2: that. Yeah. They've been around since, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Um, I said Southern California, actually Sacramento, that's not South, but, um, regardless, California new metal. Um, I think that the reason, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me and my impressions, but you remember Corn? it seemed like for a a stretch of, I don't know, eight or 10 years, there was always a Corn song Mm -hmm. in heavy rotation on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, lesser extent tool, but you recognize a lot of their stuff. It seemed like Maynard got out there and did uh, other projects as well. He's always, he's pretty prolific, but it doesn't seem like the Deftones had that kind of exposure, I guess, or success. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but they, they have uh, nine albums. This is their ninth album. So Ninth you know, album in a little over 20 years, I think. Yeah. And they've definitely been around and they are, you know, critically acclaimed and um, for their, not only music experimentation as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute. But yeah, I just don't yeah. feel like maybe they got their due that they were uh, had coming to them at times. So I don't really remember internationally, yeah,
1: but all across the nation that was in a you know on your local X103 alternative rock or whatever. Yeah, I remember station.
2: singles here and there, but nothing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, not 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 to the level of corn or no, some no, of no. those other bands that you mentioned. So yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I would say listening to this record, there are some elements that come through from beginning to end. There seems to be a lot of uh, things about taking control or taking back control from people who maybe did before, Um, hesitating, not taking action, then taking action following a direction so it seems like there's a process that this person's going through throughout the record my only issue and some of the lyrics are fantastic and i've got some of them written down here but i struggled with breaking down each song (laughs) they're they're very enigmatic lyrics and i i think sometimes that's good because people can latch on to them and they can Bring to it whatever they want, but a lot of times in records you can kind of get a better idea of what's going on. And I felt like some of these were so aloof that I really struggled to really pinpoint what each song was about. And maybe yeah. that was the point. I don't know.
1: No, I I totally agree with you, and it was a weird thing because I felt like sometimes the lyrics were so simple, mm-hmm. like it wasn't. Um, I don't mean that in, in a mean way because you can be simple and be good, mm-hmm. but but at the same time they were simply put together but hard to break down like you said or find that common thread that and maybe there wasn't supposed to be that but uh, i struggled too with that what about you joe
2: yeah i'm kind of the same way um little flashes here and there for me but nothing that that really felt altogether cohesive and Mm -hmm. um no, no dots that i connected on my own so but that's why we analyze the album and we talk it out. (laughs) That's right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. hopefully somebody can weigh in too.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't think there's any question on the first one. No. That one to me seemed to be very appropriate for this year. Uh Um, I reject both sides of what I'm being told. I've seen right through, you know, now I watch how wild it gets. I finally achieve. And then I love how he kind of, at that point he's singing and he screams in balance, balance, balance. Yeah, um, and then he's got rebirth, rebirth, he's climbing out of the ashes, he gives you that sort of feel of the phoenix. um, Rebirth for him, coming out, a new person who is no longer guided by either side and kind of determines his own fate. I think the meaning
1: was more clear for me on that one, but I don't know how you guys felt. To me, it wasn't the strongest of tracks to start with. It felt a little... Mm -hmm. There's times where it kind of felt off or whatever he had written has, has been kind of forced into it, but So oddly enough, that was the one I understood probably the most, but gave one of the lowest ratings.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Joe? I like the intro uh, musically. I like that little buzzy, kind of trippy Uh beginning. Um, That was interesting to me.
0: Yeah. I I did like that too, and then how it kind of came in with those minimal guitar notes Mm -hmm. before it actually started to slam. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then you look at this one with genesis and rebirth and then some of the other things that were said in some of the other songs and i started to think man there's some like serious biblical
2: things mm-hmm. going on on this
0: record mm-hmm. lots of mention of honey and holy and hell and it was just like oh, yeah is there something here i'm missing i don't know good point that brings us to ceremony i believe was the second track uh-huh. and uh i felt like i stepped back into the 90s for that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i put
1: classic deftones on that one. Mm-hmm
2: uh i put the i don't see it in my notes right away but the, i this you're right there were there were throwback moments like and um this was one of them for me too so yeah i really like that song that was the uh, one that i
1: it, again i didn't really like genesis as a song overall or at least not a, to lead i was very excited to listen to the album, and so um so, to me, Ceremony felt like a better starting point, <laughs> but that's because I liked it more. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. See, and I did not like Ceremony as much. Okay, that one did not grab me nearly as much as the first one. I actually felt like Genesis was a decent starting track. So maybe it's the up tempo. You kind of hit him with a rocker.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. I like the. I really like the refrain on it. Kind of drones. It's got harmony. It's. Mm-hmm. I like uh-huh. that part so. But thematically, uh, it's kind of either continuation of the first track, Genesis, or a re- repeat. Uh, nothing new there, I don't think. So,
0: Right. I think vocally, you know, just based on these two and then how it goes the rest of the way, he does a nice job of going back and forth. He's got mm-hmm. the real soft moments where he sings and then the really hard moments. And on most of the songs, you get both. Mm-hmm. I think he did a pretty nice job.
1: Yeah, that's I, one thing I like about him is having that ability to go in and out of that pretty smoothly
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he can pull off live too if you watch any live performance what about is your
0: it- is that how you say it
2: uh yes urantia it is. urantia i don't know well you know the rule just act like you know how to pronounce it and we'll go with it <laughs> <Yeah>. it's urantia <laughs> <laughs> Ew, i don't like that uh does uh a real quick question here and this is my ignorance of deaf tones. um chino does it all he sings and mm-hmm. he does the screaming as well yep yep he's yeah
0: okay. yeah because it's not like a serious
2: growl like mm-hmm. you know you hear in some heavy but um, uh uh-huh. Well, one of the new metal techniques was to have a, a you know, the Linkin Park model where you had mm-hmm. a, maybe a singer and a screamer, but I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yep. All right. Uh, so, Urantia, Urantia. Urantia. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Track number yeah. three. <laughs> I did read on,
1: on Genius when I was looking at the lyrics that this, they said it might refer to a book called the Urantia.
0: <laughs> Whatever we call it. Uh,
1: a book where that's the name given to the planet Earth. It says the book, which has an unusual length of over 2,000 pages, discusses various spiritual, philosophical matters such as the origin, meaning of life, mankind's place in the universe, and the relationship between God and mankind, and the life of Jesus Christ.
0: Hmm. So oh, to see. continue more biblical and earth-based themes. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah um i thought it had really cool dreamy lyrics and mm-hmm. um i thought it had a really cool breakdown um with some little textural elements some
2: uh synth elements in there that i thought were really nice mm-hmm. yeah i thought this had a um oh i was waiting for paul to play synth like when he said synth and then i heard
1: <laughs> oh paul. paul's not here man. hang it paul oh <laughs>
2: paul um I thought this was this was the nineties one for me. I see it in my notes. Mm-hmm. This is the one that had okay. the throwback vibes. I, you know, don't I thought it had a little bit of a pumpkin sound to it um at times. And yep. either that or uh one of the many indie new metal one hit wonders of the day. But I definitely thought it had a retro nineties vibe. Oh god, it's I said retro in reference to something from the nineties oh <laughs> yeah. this is the old age episode for sure I hate to tell you
1: classic rock uh, is on... Yeah, it's on the classic <laughs> rock station
2: yeah Um, and this has this is the one that has the word ashtray in it right yeah <laughs> yes. point of, point
0: yeah of I mind. think there's definitely yeah. some Smashing Pumpkin vibes on some of these
1: yeah I gave this one the highest rating on the album for me really yeah oddly I don't know what I was trying to give it so much. I can see that um, I think collectively, I really liked the guitar work. Um, all those extra sounds and the atmosphere they added. Uh, his vocals were really on point, I felt like, for that one. Um, so just going through it, it, it felt like the most, it appealed to me the most in all aspects. So,
0: Yeah, it was a good song. There were a lot of good tracks, I think. Some of my favorites are coming up, but the next one was Error. Uh, I really like this one. I love the, it had a really cool drum beat. It was a little bit slower. And this one is where I definitely thought Chino sounded like uh rain made from our lady Peace. There was mm-hmm. definitely that kind of vibe in his voice. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to say he's like trying to, cause we really, like, he sounds like this on this song and this on this right. one, but he's doing it all and it is unique to them. So I don't want to say that's a bad thing. I really like the song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I liked it too. And I, ironically I said uh drums and bass and guitars were great I would have loved to see a guest singer on here with him like Maynard did on Pasture, so just mm-hmm. to bring that full circle but I think it lent lent itself to having that option
2: yeah there's a lot of uh put I wrote in my notes that this was kind of the middle of the road where uh, it takes elements of all the 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 best parts of the previous three songs and kind of puts it in one package so it was strong um I can see that. As well, so
0: um, you boys are going to have to hel- handle the spell of mathematics because I didn't. I struggled with what to say about this one.
1: <laughs> well, I can tell you what I said about. It. Um, I said I really wanted to like this song.
0: Okay, there we go. But it
1: sounds it sounds mediocre. It had all of the potential of a band like Deftones to blow you away, but it just did never happen. So that one was one of my lowest rating song, lowest yeah, rated songs. Lowest
2: yeah, rating songs. too. I listened. I I got into it. I listened to it a couple times. I. I ultimately skipped it on, yeah, listens beyond that. So, That's interesting. I also have I have a really <laughs> bad reaction to the word mathematics anyway. So
0: <laughs> it's all Greek to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna have to make up another pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> from oh, J. <Jay>. At first, <laughs> I thought it was Pompeii, and then I'm like, oh, that's a J. Maybe it's a yeah. soft J, <laughs> like <laughs> yogging. <laughs> but uh, it's some Pompeii ish, Pompeji, whatever you really want to say. But um, mm-hmm. I did like this one a lot. I really, this was one of those where he went from soft verse, super hard chorus, um, mm-hmm. closed with a long section of the synth, it was really dreamy. And I like the concept uh, here that we, we try and try, and then we fail. We repent, uh-huh. we get over it, we try again. Uh, let's see. We Oh, we drink from the fountain of intent, and uh, we choke on the water, and then repent. Um, I kind of like that concept. Uh-huh. I thought those were some of the more clever lyrics that were on the whole record. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I liked that too. I'm curious what you guys thought. You, you kind of just mentioned it, Steve, but... I like that he can sing and scream and slip in and out,
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: it kind of drove me a little bit crazy that it was like every other word for a while. (laughs) Did that bother you guys, or or is that something you liked?
0: It didn't bother me a bit. Um, Like I said, this was one of my favorite songs on the album, so I was totally buying in. Okay. What do you think about it, Joe?
2: Yeah, um, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I thought it was a good track. I thought I was watching Stranger Things at times. (laughs) <laughs> that kind of vibe, yeah. Uh, but I like it. You know, I, it's it's look. I mean, you can't fault them for different sounds and experimenting that way. And we hadn't yeah. heard; it, it wasn't very synth heavy to this point. It didn't have a lot of electronic elements. It was pretty guitar heavy, and uh, it's an interesting track.
1: Yeah, I didn't hate it. I just, for me personally, that that kind of took a little bit out of it. But I thought I thought it was a solid song.
0: The next um, one is "This Link Is Dead." Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very angry song. Yes and um it seems to be kind of the conclusion about taking action you know we keep talking about it but now we're gonna get after it uh-huh. okay and uh i liked it i thought it was a good song
1: mm-hmm. yeah i did too and i I laughed at the title just because being in the digital world building websites <laughs> and stuff like that um but it, it does feel very much like you give, you give somebody all of this uh information and give them uh you know they have the intent to like learn more do something some sort of action and then you click and there's nothing there and that
2: <laughs> yeah
0: maybe that's a yeah <laughs> that's how it kind
2: of goes mm-hmm. joe this album did hit a lull um uh probably about the spell of mathematics and so by the time i get to the link is dead i was you know okay uh it's it's just moving along there's not much happening. I think this would be a cool live track, uh, but I didn't have much else to say oh, but for that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Radiant City is the next one, and again, we're alternating between an angry chorus uh-huh. or an angry verse and a smooth chorus. Again, it's it's hard. It's one of those things where this was one of the songs I was talking about earlier where it's hard to wrap your mind around exactly what he's talking about, and I, I know that's not always the case, but I always wanted even in my own mind, figure out what I think the song's about and really latch onto something and I didn't feel like I could do it here. And it is the first of two songs in a row that talk about the ledge.
2: Mm-hmm. And this
0: one, it's where's the ledge the next one, we're on a ledge. So there's, yeah. I don't know, there's a connection there. Did you guys catch yeah. that? Yeah. I did not catch that,
1: but oh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I really like that. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say that just that you kind of mentioned Kind of the way it was kind of woven together. And I did like on, on Genius anyway, it was listed as like post course, pre course, course, first. And, and uh, so I really kind of liked how that all went together musically.
2: Agreed. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think he was lyrically strong on this one. Mm-hmm. And so then that leads into Headless, which was more slow and driving. The lyrics were soft. It was kind of the opposite of what we just had but it again, it's about control. Yeah. And radiant city was about control about, you know, um, they've given up control to another and then it switches here. Um, so I don't know. And then we're back on a ledge again, so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what's going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, the analytically speaking, as far as the lyrics go, I don't know that too much. And I didn't make that connection that you made with the ledge, but I feel like the tone of the song, this would have, I liked the song, but I would have put it earlier in the album so you had that like break, mm-hmm. like Joe said when you're hitting a wall. Like it might have done, it might have served it well if you're going to listen to it as an album too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hit that point and then come back into some stuff. But, but all in all, actually, this was one of my probably in my top three songs of the album.
2: Yeah, it got a little buried there at the end, didn't it? Because it was starting to mm-hmm. run together at that point. And, <laughs> yep, um, totally. Yeah, it just
0: got buried. All right, that brings us to the last song, Ohms. Yes. And this one had some super groovy guitar work that I really liked. It was catchy, had a little hook. Mm Yeah. And I think this is definitely an appropriate album ender because it talks about looking back at the debris of the past and I think you could kind of look at this record in that reference or you could look at their entire lives because they're looking at all the things they've done wrong or all the problems they've had in the past. But then there's this vow in this song to move forward. So there's a lot of introspection, I think. Yeah. So based on that, it makes this album feel a little better. I just wish I could just get, get the meat off the bone here on the rest of the record, because I feel like this is a great closer, but I'm not sure what it closed. Cause I couldn't figure out yeah. what the issues were necessarily. Mm-hmm
1: that's a great point and it's odd because this was what they released ahead of the album
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you had heard it for me it was like it kind of did the album a disservice to me because i liked the song so much that i expected the album to kind of follow this tone and mm. um, not that it didn't in parts but uh it, it my expectations were a little bit higher but the, the music was super solid on it. I thought this was my second favorite track on the album. Um, I think the vocals were really indicative of what Chino could do on a song. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's like, what are we, what are we closing here? It did, and I'm big on clo- closing tracks. I just feel like they should do something and make you feel like you ended an experience with them.
0: Yeah. We always talk about the album opener and closer. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I think they're important pieces, and then. You know, the other part is, you know, we were talking about the art earlier, and sometimes the art is indicative of what the album's about or helps to kind of push whatever the message is. Well, I'm not sure, honestly. I have an idea what the message is, but I'm not entirely sure. I wish
2: I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm reading some quotes now um, that they, from an interview, and they said that to consider the last track not necessarily in reference to the Songs that come before it, not just about the songs that come before it, but our lives and our surroundings. The verses are reflecting, but the chorus kind of says, Yes, this, but this. It's saying that time will change uh, with the decisions that we make. It's a question and an answer. And he goes on to talk about how that's kind of the juxtaposition of the deaf tones, the yin and yang of what we've always done of making very brutal music while having these lush overtones and undertones. We mentioned those earlier. Mm -hmm. um within it is what makes us who we are we've never just been a metal band we've never just been an alternative band we've always just been us we feel comfortable and never having to choose and let the songs unfold in an organic way so there you go
1: yeah that's good that's good insight i also copied a quote of genius from cheeto that said uh the very first line of the song, we're surrounded by debris of the past. That's not directly about one thing. It could be about an experience or a relationship. But honestly, in my mind, I was thinking about the environment, the world, and the earth. The course is the thing that we're going to remember and change. It's a idea of reflecting on negative things but coming out of it optimistic.
0: Mm. <laughs> we nailed it. We did it again. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, that's kind of cool when you... But still... It still doesn't help me answer my questions (laughs) that I've got about the record that for me Uh to be a slam dunk, I need those answers.
1: Yeah. But in fairness, sometimes that is revealed over time, right? So like 10 listens in, you're kind of like, oh, that connects there. And that makes more sense. So, um, yeah. I hate that people trash albums and don't give them a second listen.
0: I'll be honest. After the first time I listened to this record... Mm -hmm. um this was before we were going to do it the original time and i listened i thought man i'm not going to have anything to say about this record i mean i just i'm not feeling it and thank goodness we got a a little extra time to go over it and i listened to it a bunch more and so it grew on me and Mm -hmm. i I came to appreciate it a lot more than i would have if we had done it the initial week still not uh, giving it a five out of five but
1: uh no but that brings us into what what are your ratings Correct. and will you, so, will you listen again?
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. Joe, why don't you go first?
2: Uh, I, I think I would have to do a little bit more homework. I would like to read as I listened, uh, maybe go back to the old um, vinyl experience, you know, sit on the ground in front of the hi-fi with the headphones on and, and read up on the album as I listened to it. It would help me to appreciate it a little more. So I don't know if that's <laughs> going to lead me to listen to it again. Uh, if I want to dig in that deep. And I'd probably give it a 2.5 on the rating scale. Okay. All right. Tea T-Bags.
1: Okay. Even though I hate mathematics, what I normally do here is I give each song a rating and then, you know, get an average out of it. That's how I come up with mine. So this kind of falls right into how I've experienced Deftones all my life, which is I really like some of their stuff. And the other stuff I could just, I could do without. So it's got a 3.10 for me. And there are certain songs that I'll listen to again.
0: Okay. Uh, boy, I'm going to go Matthew and I'm going to give it a score of pie. <laughs> Repeating. Yes. Uh-huh. Now it would be right in that range. The three ish range. I did like uh-huh. it. I didn't love it. I wanted to be able to sink my teeth on a little bit better and I yeah. couldn't. Yeah. I just feel like if I'm going to listen to that style of music, there's other people I'd rather listen to. And I also think this I hate when I say things like this because I could have said something the <laughs> opposite before, but I want groups to evolve. And I don't feel like I feel like this sounds like a record from 2000. Uh, I don't feel like they've changed that much over time, and I know you don't have to. I mean, expecting a band to not change or expecting them to change is all subjective, but I love the progress of a band. Over the course of time, and you kind of grow with them, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't see a lot of growth here that I really love, so I would say the, like, the likelihood of me going back and listening to this is probably pretty slim. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I'm with you on that too. It's like and i don't I don't want to bash it because they're they're a talented band but mm-hmm. um but I do love the fact that that they have all of those pieces to grow, and I wish we could see just a little bit more. Experimentation. I mean what's I don't think I've ever heard a really, really scaled back, you know, almost a cappella song with some <laughs> with some ambient sounds and I've never seen them go the other direction. It's kind of still stays within those parameters that they're used to working in.
0: Yeah. I And sometimes you go back to music because of a mood, right? You're feeling something yeah. and so some lyrics are what you need to hear or a particular sound is what you need to hear. And there's nothing in here that I can latch onto that I would be like. Unless I'm like, oh, I don't know where to go for dinner tonight. I have decisions to make. I'm on the ledge. I better put this one on, you know. <laughs> but otherwise, probably yes. not going to listen.
1: Yeah, that's fair. So. Um, I have a couple of things to bring up real quick if we're done with the review.
0: I think the album review is over. And next week, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing yet. We have to look at the list. It's been pretty scant as far as <laughs> our choices yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, we'll have yeah. to announce that during the week at some point and uh, before Tony you go on I just want to go mm-hmm. back a few weeks ago we reviewed Joji and um, I gave it very high re- remarks or marks on that one and then the videos were coming out that were sort of showing us more about the record well they sort of stopped and so I haven't gotten the answers I want so I said I was going to take my score down a little bit so i'm going to drop it a full point uh because these videos didn't come back and they're not connecting and they're not making sense so okay. i just dropped okay. the whole point that's okay. right so, you don't mess with us <laughs> you'll lose the point man wow, wow. <laughs> I know. yeah that's career ending um, <laughs> he's hurting right now i'm sure <laughs> yes uh so a
1: couple of things uh to mention one I one to mention a podcast that's now a show uh, on Netflix, but we'll come back to that. But I, w- I wanted to get you guys' take on... I know that Pearl Jam is doing something live and Pucifer's doing something live like virtually for the fans. Are you guys excited about that or tuning in? Or Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get the Pucifer one. What's, what's Pearl Jam doing, Joe? Uh,
2: Pearl Jam has some new music in the works. Um, at least... I don't know if they're working on a full album uh, off the top of my head, but they're, they've released a new song. They've actually been a lot more um, politically involved. I know that sounds weird because Pearl Jam's always politically involved, but um, they've actually come out a lot stronger in the last, uh, they haven't um, endorsed candidates like they have this time around. Uh-huh. So I think their newest um, single is pretty political called get it back. Yep. I think they're doing a stream along those lines. Um, I thought the stream was a live show from three years ago. And they do have one from Philadelphia oh, as well. Yeah. That's okay. the big one. I think I'm mashing my stuff together. Okay. So get it back is available for streaming. Uh, Philadelphia show. Uh, 2016 is one. It's that a that three hour show. I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, stream. Um, stream. Is it the last one at the Philadelphia forum uh, out there? Uh, sure uh, uh, I misread uh, it because I
1: I thought they were actually performing and streaming it live, but it's it's pre-recorded from yes. years ago.
0: Okay, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and then well, Poo's furs will be brand new and live, and we'll be recording and watching all that, and probably do a little show. I would assume on that because we're pretty excited.
2: Yeah, I'm and that exciting. three-hour performance includes the they started to play albums in their entirety from start to finish. Um, so they played 10 all the way through in the, oh. the April 29th, 2016 show. It's not the one that closed the forum. The forum was done by then. It's the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. So. Okay. Watch. What day is, is that, that one? That yeah. comes up. Uh, it's beginning this Thursday, the 22nd, and it'll run for a few days through Sunday, the 25th. Uh, okay. So we'll be tuned that. Event. Yeah. I think I'll get that one, and then I think Pucifer is
1: on the thirtieth.
0: Thirtieth,
2: yep. Yeah,
1: so that's good. And then they went to the other thing. I don't know if you guys have watched it yet or not. I haven't, but I have an interesting little story about it. Song Exploder is a podcast I've listened to for years, and they basically take one song with the artist and they like they explode it. They break it all down into its pieces, and they tell you all this backstory and how things might have come to be, and then and then you listen to the song with the artist. So it's typically a twenty to thirty minute. Uh, podcast, so it's really cool to get all of the insight Um, and then I just saw, I've been listening to that, not to sound like a hipster, but since like 2017, because they did it Nine Inch Nails was on there and I've just kind of kept listening to it, well now Netflix picked it up and it's an actual show and Nine Inch Nails is going to be on there again Um, but there's tons of cool artists on there, Uh, but what I found out when I read the article was after he had, the guy who made the show had initially interviewed Trent Reznor he was packing up his gear, and Trent said, "Hey, have you ever thought about making this a show, like a TV thing?" So, out of that little podcast and interview came that like spark of an idea, and somehow the guy, you know, took it on, and, and Netflix picked it up, and now there's the first seasons available on Netflix. All
0: right, Dang. so cool. you stalked Trent once. Do you think you're going to come on our show, and then we could be on Netflix? I could try. I mean, I've stalked him more than once, and. Uh, <laughs> One time I've was
2: talked in more than uh, yes.
1: Well, I'm just telling you that the ratio is it's about one time I was grabbed by his bodyguards and one time I was talking to him at a table. So we'll see what we'll see what happens.
0: I don't care what happens. So you can go to jail if we can get a Netflix show.
1: <laughs> That's probably what happen Is I go to jail and you guys would do it with <laughs> <of them. laughs>
0: Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah so fantastic yeah i love the streaming i mean i I can't wait to get back to actual real shows but it is fun that they're putting out some content for us and letting us see some music because we are desperately starved right now
2: yep get uh, to the they have to i mean they are starving literally and uh they're doing some empty theater shows they're doing some drive-in shows so it'll start to hopefully come back and we'll get some cool stuff out of it and huh. things like that so.
0: yesterday was my original date for a night for neil in st catharines ontario uh, it was oh, yeah. the, the big rush neil pert celebration and uh, it was in the uh, meridian center and a bunch of people were going to be there to play you know rush songs and make tribute to him very cool so they got moved until april 17th which we still have our tickets so we're hoping that by April we can actually go and we can have that show. I hope.
1: I hope so. Yeah, that's cool. And watching a lot of like college football and stuff right now, it's like, okay, it might be only 15,000 people versus 65,000, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping some of this stuff can happen, You know, even if it's more spread out. And I think artists would appreciate being able to tour. Like Joe said, they're starving. So well, gosh, the San Texas Nelson A&M merch.
0: football game had like 50,000 people in the stands. It was packed.
1: Well, it's Texas. They just do yeah. what they want, to do. and I think in <laughs>
0: Florida they gave them the okie dokie to have sixty five thousand in for the Miami game, Dolphins. Yeah, and that's I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, I know that's crazy. Yeah, it I really mean, is.
1: I just say like, hey, just let's. We won't even get political here, but cold weather's coming <laughs> for the places that get Cold weather. Everybody stay in, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll A see. Little, yeah, but all right, well. Good show, guys. Appreciate uh the challenge. I thought it was harder than than I thought it was going to be at first.
0: Oh, you, we could have each come up with twenty albums, I think. I would bet. Because we're all guys who grew up holding albums in our hands and enjoying yeah. that content as we listen to music. So I don't think this was you know a challenge at all. If you took a kid today, a twenty year old, mm-hmm. and said this is it, they would probably struggle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. You know what? Sorry, but an interesting art challenge would be since kids some kids don't even have reference to what the album art looks like, is make a kid listen to an album and then draw it a yeah, you know,
2: create a cover. Ooh. I may I do that know. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> have, have a kid, <laughs> have a kid yes. look at a have a kid look at a picture and then make an album. That'd be even harder. Ooh, yes. I'll call Kyle. Right after he's done with Steve's theme song,
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't give him any more work. I need my theme song because yeah, ain't even uh-huh. half as good as Joe Wright. Oh my gosh! Then, yes, uh, I'll be set.
2: Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll just draw pictures for each other's theme songs next time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And we'll have yeah. an auction. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. And well, we'll still have to go to work on Monday uh, until those patrons uh, come through. Yeah. Yep. Until we that's sell right. our art. Yep. Joe, where can we find you? Um, go to Instagram. It's a site with pictures and content that I post periodically. And, uh, my handle there is L four. It's E L R E Y four. That was okay. confusing. T-Bags, so. Where yeah. are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um.
1: I am on the Wanderers and Gathering Facebook page. So drop us a message or a comment.
0: Excellent. I'm Foggy's pal. At Twitter and Instagram, and don't forget: one million dollars gets you a Wanderings and Wool Gathering T-shirt, <laughs> and we'll let you pick the challenge for the week. You can't miss. There you go. All right, make sure you follow us and uh, subscribe, because you don't want to miss any episodes. On Apple, you can get us on Spotify or Stitcher or Castbox, and you can also get us on soundcloud until next time when we have a challenge from el ray and an album that we don't know about yet we'll (laughs) see you then bye now